Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Yeah. I thought I'd uh, let the theme run along there. Yeah, just catching up. Just, just catching up. up. Yeah. yeah. How you doing, Luke Moore? It's a Thursday, baby, and we're back. I am the Luke. With episode... You are the Pete. Yes. Episode 76, isn't it? 76. Uh, I know that you are getting slowly used to the numbering system. It's um, taken a while, hasn't it, so to, uh, I, I, to get involved. But I do appreciate you making the effort. <laughs> Eventually. Oh, Kimmy Schmidt is back. All right. I've not, I, I, didn't, on, I couldn't really get into it. I think it's on the fourth season, uh, and uh, there's so many people in my life sort of say that exact same thing. I can't get into it. And these are the same people who love 30 Rock. These are the same people who love Direct like Development. I haven't seen that. Well, again, I, you like the Inbetweeners, so we, we, I love we, the we, we're all ready. You thought Inbetweeners was not as good as... No. So you said the Inbetweeners is better than Peep Show. Yeah. We've discussed this on this show. I think before. it is. Such a weird thing to say. I think Inbetweeners Genuinely, is... that makes me fear for the future of humanity and you as well. That's fair enough. You'll get electrocuted at some point with that kind of behaviour. Um, <laughs> is that a threat or like a, a worry? <laughs> um, but uh, it's really good. It's back and it's really good after the disappointment of the new Arrest Development season, uh, which isn't very good. Um, uh, the Kimmy Schmidt back is fantastic. Titus Andronicus back on form. Have you, um, have you ever seen The Good Place? Uh, yes, and I didn't care for it. I quite like that. I watched the first couple of episodes, and uh, yeah, we've spoken about uh, that before, haven't we? I think we might. Ted have done, Danson's yeah. having some kind of—he's uh, having a bit of an in summer, isn't he? A resurgence. A resurgence. But you're never really out of the game fully if you're an actor with that sort of experience under your belt, though. <laughs> you might have a few fallow years, but at yeah. some point, someone's going to bring you back because they're going to. It's like with John Travolta, isn't it, with Pulp Fiction? I think <clears> that <throat> uh, the man from Highland should come back. Christopher Lambert, is that? Yes. Uh, I wonder what he's been up to. He's been, he's done a few bits and bobs. You know, he's legally blind. He, uh, all of his scenes. Is that a film with Reese Witherspoon? What? (laughs) (laughs) That's back as well with a new one. Uh, Yeah, he, uh, he, he accidentally, he can't act with his spectacles on unless spectacles are required. But he's got such extreme myopia, he, uh, he has to film all of his scenes completely blind and he's uh, damaged himself on more than one occasion because, uh, of a sharp sword here and there. Really? That's fine. So I go. thought you were going to say, it's such extreme myopia, he will not listen to anyone else's opinions. <laughs> what else has he, what has he been doing since Highlander? Just bits and bobs. Apart from Highlander 2, The Quickening, obviously. <laughs> the Quickening. Yeah, he's, I can't think, see anything in, in his list here that I 
recognised him. No, as. but he's, he's he's again he's still working. He's due a resurgence. Oh, he's in Hail Caesar. Isn't that a Coen Brothers movie? Oh yeah, I haven't seen it. Very good. I seen uh, it. it the trailer looked amazing. The film was dreadful. Um, if you uh, and also due for a resurgence, I think someone who should come back as a baddie. You know that guy in. I can't remember his damn name now, but he was in... He was the man who owned the advertising billboard shop in Three Billboards. I haven't seen it. <clears throat> right. Uh, well, he is a, a man. Three Billboards cast. I'm Googling it. The man, Caleb Landry-Jones. I think he's right. a singer as well. Okay. He has got such an interesting, horrible face. He's so good in everything I've seen, and he's going to be a big, big star of Anthony Hopkins' scale i think oh i do recognize him he's wonderful he looks a bit he like does. um he's so creepy yeah he looks a bit like a sort of macaulay culkin when he was in that difficult phase so that this is what i'm saying macaulay culkin I, he, needs I'll tell to, you. macaulay culkin needs to come back as a baddie in a film he's, just, he's brilliant at it he would and he's that kid you're talking about there is the son of the family in get out yes he is yeah uh, which is he which plays is a lot good. of he plays a lot of um brothers plays a lot of uh shitty brothers in in, in stuff he was uh in Oh, God, he was in a film called, uh, uh, a film with Michael Pena and one of the Scars guards uh, quite oh, yeah. recently. Okay, right. I love misremembering films. What were we really talking badly. about at the top there before? I was going to say something and you, you sidetrapped me with your, with your Macaulay four Culkin. Macaulay Culkin. No, it's way before that. Caleb Landry Jones. Um, oh, that's what I was going to tell you because we, we, we normally sort of talk a little bit about what we've been up to. And I had to take uh, my two cats, Hercules and Magnus, to uh, the vet for their annual checkup. Right. Which is a still faff. A, still a cat, Mr. Moore. Yeah, they're, they're still bo- a couple of bloody cats, mate. That's what the vet said. Mm. Um, they're both cats, obviously. <laughs> and um, anyway, on the third appointment, because I had to cancel the first two because they wouldn't come in because they they got some sort of weird sixth sense and they know they're going to the vet and they don't want to do it, so they just disappear. Um, <laughs> they, I took them to the vet and uh, they were fine, uh, but sadly, one of them started smoking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have you been smoking, yeah. Hercules? No, they're both overweight. They both put on a kilo. Ah. So fat to, cats. So they've had to go on diets, right? Yes. One of them, ta- one of them, Hercules has taken it pretty. He's taken it on the chin. He's been alright about it. He's been stoic. He's uh, he's just getting on with it. Uh, the other one, Magnus, who's a diva anyway, has gone completely mad to the point of where he walked up to the other one the other day and just smacked him upside the head and hissed in his face because he's so <laughs> hungry. And when we got back from the World Cup party um, on last Monday night. Mm. Um, he'd eaten a batter sausage he'd brought in a massive frog yeah did he not eat it nope oh, he just brought in you know frogs are... is that misbehaviour though I guess just get... that's what cats do isn't it sure enough wants attention yeah. wants... all that kind right, of stuff okay. um, and uh, but the... <laughs> I felt sorry for the frog obviously um, I, I picked the frog up put it outside and hoped it would it would um, it would be okay but it wasn't I had to bury it the next day but anyway <laughs> um, it, the weird thing about it was I don't know, I don't know drink had been taken uh, it was late at night. And I, ate, I ate the frog. The frog was covered in what was, what I didn't know at the time, was cat hair. Right. So I was like, what, the what, furry sort, cat. what sort of furry animal frog. What sort of animal is this? <laughs> <laughs> it took me ages to work it out. When, so yeah, they've been playing up badly. When I was in uh, Korea uh, with Mark, who does the other uh, podcast, uh, I Wrestle do, Me. Wrestle Me. Yeah. Um, he was convinced, uh, he likes a, a wee story does Mark, but he um, he was convinced that he was looking in the window of a pet shop uh, and he saw like a uh, a hedgehog, but with really long spindly legs. Oh, and then man. when he kept looking at it, the man <laughs> ran over and covered it up with it, covered up the cage with it. This cloth. didn't happen. It's like, this is like, this is the, this is the plot of Gremlins. That's, <laughs> that's what he said. 
he said there was a hedgehog with big, long, spindly legs. And it, it's it's actually quite a, a, an evocative uh, image, a, a hedgehog. Well, so what was it? We never found out because the man covered up the cage. Well, surely you'd and be asking questions. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't be asking questions. Surely you'd be going, I'm Sarah Koenig and this is cereal. <laughs> over the next 10 weeks, we're going to find out what it was in that pet so shop. Weird. That's a great theme. Hello at LukeandPeacher.com. What is the oddest animal that you can't explain that you've seen in a pet shop? We'll get loads of emails about that. Loads. <laughs> um, that's, that's really funny. So yeah, hello at LukeandPeacher.com to get in touch with your emails pete anything Email. else to add before we go into the main crux not really oh we want more keith floyd emails i'm disappointed the lack of keith floyd emails i worry though a men men of certain ages who partake in drink uh stories can go <laughs> either way i think that's true it's true that's true what are you talking about mark haynes again we all have <laughs> we all have darkness in our soul we do oh you've seen a darkness pete i can tell mm. let's get on with the emails here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I really want to hear the rest of it. Very high, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> How many takes do you reckon? I reckon a few takes. That was before auto-tune, so I mean, at least he bloody hit it. Nah, it wasn't, was it? Yeah. Well, auto-tune must have been around for ages. Auto-tune was very obvious. Um, we, I remember when it come in, came in. We put a man on the moon in the, uh, in the 60s. <laughs> Speaking of auto-tune, something that often goes unmentioned, uh, and I don't know if you'll be aware of it, because I'm not sure if it's your kind of thing, but do you remember when there was a weird period when X Factor came back uh, so it used to do I don't know what it does now but it used to do the auditions for X Factor you know the Simon Calvi yeah. like, the auditions used to be in like a closed room mm. and they get put through they wouldn't and then they start mm. then they would go to the live shows and about 
I can't remember how many years ago, but a decent amount of years ago, the it was built up and marketed. There's right, the first live show of this series is coming on Saturday. Right. It's going to be brilliant. Everyone watch it at 7 o'clock ITV or whatever. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they start the show. I think it's presented by um, Dermot or whoever. Yeah. And um, they introduce all the judges and the crowd are there. It's a big, it's a big, th- big theatre or studio or whatever. There's loads of people watching live in the building. Yeah. And uh, they introduced the first act. I can't remember who it was. But it becomes really quickly obvious that they're massively auto-tuning their voice. Okay, right. And so it just sounded mental. It sounded, it sounded, it sounded like one of those, like, um, one of those, you know what, I mean, you know, you know when we were young, you know when younger people did these auto-tuned pop songs, but yeah. it sounded like that, but on live TV it was really weird. And there was a massive scandal about it. And the newspapers reported on it and it was ridiculous. And then the next week they just just binned just it, and all the yeah. song, all the singing was absolutely shit. <laughs> That's what I think of when I think of Autotune. Gemma um, shares. Do you? But do you? Yes, it, so, like that. so that was Autotune. That yeah. That's years ago. Yeah, but that was taken twenty five years ago. But almost. that was uh, taken. In what are you uh, doing? I'm doing Autotune. It's not. You just Autotune. Oh, <laughs> it sort of went. Do you believe? Yeah. Right, yeah. Do you believe? It was like that. <laughs> She didn't do that at the studio. <laughs> Not her age. She probably doesn't even have an Adam's. Well, she doesn't because she's a woman, but she probably doesn't even have a throat anymore. What does that mean? Because she's had a lot of plastic surgery. She's very active on Twitter. She is. Yeah. She's lovely on Twitter. Yeah. She uh, once uh, said, I'm really sorry I was very rude to somebody. Um, uh, if somebody, if that person could get back in touch, I'd like to apologise. Um, the avatar was an egg. <laughs> <laughs> could have been anyone, Trey. Literally could have been anyone. Could have been anyone. It's like the Conor McGregor, uh, the MMA apology, apology isn't it? Have you had it? seen that? No. Conor McGregor, obviously a bit, a bit of a character, to say bit the of least. A, bit of a uh, live wire. I think he became, like the, I don't really know much about MMA, but I think he became the second, the first person to ever win two weight world titles. Okay, right. And they grabbed the mic after he won, and he said, um, uh, thank you very much. I'd just like to take this opportunity to apologise to absolutely fucking no one. <laughs> <laughs> Bit like that. Yeah. I'll tell you who else is mental on Twitter. Who? Roseanne Barr. Yeah, well, she's... She, um, Genuinely hateful. Her, uh, She's hateful. Her birds have come home to roost. They have. So to speak. Which was the name of one of the episodes <laughs> of the show. Right? I, I drunkenly watched one of those episodes of uh, Roseanne. Any good? Oh, God. I mean, you sort of got... That, it was one of the biggest... Obviously, one of the biggest sitcoms. Uh, the reboot was one of the biggest sitcoms. You just sort of got... Why is uh, who's the guy who's in Big Little Gap? John Little Goodman. Gap, John, why is John Goodman getting involved with this? It's a dreadful product. Well, big, I I know exactly why. Big numbers, big money. Yeah, they must they must have been on like a million quid episode. Dirty cash, I want you. Dirty cash, I need you all. I was trying to remember. Money talks. I was trying to remember Roseanne's um, theme tune, but I couldn't. And no, in I'm my not. head, it was uh, uh, Van Morrison's version of. Uh, is it Van Morrison's version of uh, I can barely hear from my friend? No, it's Joe Cocker, isn't Joe it? Joe Cocker, that's <laughs> it. I always get those two mixed God up. rest him, by the way. God rest him. God rest him. Uh, Van Morrison, who I do believe is playing the Isle of Wight Festival this weekend, has a wonderful habit of <laughs> of keeping the band playing on the last song. Yeah. Keeping them going through the motions. Um, and then getting in his helicopter before the last note is played. <laughs> And fucking he off. is a known shit. Man, He's Morrison. a known shit bag. But and and, and that's a, a legendary that, shit. Bag. That pleases me. Yeah. Uh, listen to Astral Weeks. It's it's amazing. Mm, it's, uh-huh. Any any. I mean, it's not revolutionary to say, but he just every any shit bag behaviour is forgiven by the fact that Astral Weeks is so fucking good. <laughs> and speaking of being a shit bag on stage, apparently Neil Young um, went through a, a phase of being a bit sort of contrary and all that right. kind of stuff at, at the height of his fame. And uh, 
apparently he played a big festival in the 70s. I, I can't remember which one. And he came out and he just basically played... Um, he's a massive artist at this point, mm. but he just played songs from his new album that wasn't out yet. Yeah. Him and his band just played 10, 15 songs that yeah. no one had heard. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, come on, you know, fuck's sake. You know, and then apparently at the very end he said, right, uh, we're going to play one you've heard before. And everyone's like... Aah! <laughs> he just played the first song again <laughs> and they left I love that <laughs> shitbag behaviour I remember watching uh, The Darkness do a little session for uh, for my radio station and I mean bless them like a very underrated band uh, they can, they could really go they could really go they had some good songs um, but he's they, a good singer that guy as well yeah and you know and the guitarists are really good and when they're, when they're actually playing live you go oh, they're, a bit, they're a bit rough around the edges but they can really go, and they're, they're very serious about their music. They were massive they're, for a bit, weren't they? Didn't they play Wembley Stadium they're or something? A, they're, they, they were, um, people would call them a joke band. They're not a joke band. Their music is fun, uh, and they have fun with it. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, it, it was interesting. But they, they did this live session where they played, all, like, you know, the Growing On Me and um, a couple of the other ones. And yeah. just, like, somebody with a Darkness T-shirt on, um, they went, right, what song do you want to hear to, like, the crowd? Because they're just really nice blocks yeah. uh, in the main. Apart from the bassist, he's a bit of a knob. Um, the one with the moustache? Yeah, he's right. a bit of a knob. Um, and, um, and the guy, and, and somebody shouted, the guy with the darkness station shouted, uh, do the Christmas one. He's going, it's not called the Christmas one. <laughs> it's called Don't Let the Bells End. I like that they did, I like that they tried to pick up the tradition of doing a Christmas song again. And they called it, and they used the word bell end, which is fucking yeah. brilliant. Um, apparently that guy just, what's his name? Justin, Justin Hawkins. Hawkins. I once almost got into his um, five-a-side darkness football team. Right. They must be terrible. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I remember reading an article. It's so a 2003, I, and that's that was their big year. Mm. I spent the majority of the time living away from the UK, so it sort of passed me by a bit the whole yeah. thing. But um, I remember, I mean, maybe the year before that, I used to have a job at a call centre, awful job, but the people who worked there were nice, and it was fun. Um, and the internet was massively restricted. Obviously, mm. it was a nascent internet anyway. Um, and But one of the things that wasn't restricted was the Guardian website. Right. And the music section, I used to just read it all day. Yeah. And about a year before they became massive, Alexis Petridis, who I think is still the chief um, music yeah. writer for The Guardian, he wrote an article about um, The Darkness. Mm. I think they're from Lowestoft in right. Suffolk. Yeah, yeah, I think they are. And uh, he said he was in... It, you definitely, we have to dig it out. I can't remember the exact details, but it was something. It was a fascinating story. Something along the lines of he was out in Lowestoft randomly at some event or mm. went somewhere, and he went into a pub, uh, just a regular pub, mm. and the darkness were playing in there, right. in full regalia, <laughs> doing the songs. Yeah, and he said it was it was like mind blowingly good. Like it was it was like, it was almost like very quite hard to believe. Yeah, that it, it, it was even happening. That a band of such yeah, quality yeah. were playing in such a small. It's like it, like I mean because they're a bit like um I suppose they're a bit like and um, for those of you who are a big Queen fans, this will be sacrilege, but they're sort of like an ersatz Queen, weren't yes, they? Yeah, yeah. Jumpsuits and all yeah. the glamour and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and and that's when I first heard of them. I thought, God, they sound really interesting. But of course, there was no um, real way then. There was no Spotify or anything like that, so yeah. I couldn't really listen to them. And then when I came back and I saw that a massive, I put two and two together. I thought, geez, that's really interesting. They, um, I, rem- I remember that they would uh, they did a great cover of um, uh, Street Spirit Fared Out. Did they? I've like, never heard fal- that. All in falsetto. Rose of houses are bearing down on me. Probably sounds quite good. <laughs> it, it did, and also um, uh, one of my favorites, like like even some of their songs that like weren't that popular, like just they were just funny. They were fun. The music was good. Um, I respect the darkness immensely for what they did. Um, but the problem is, 
when the tabloids get hold of you, it's all about fucking how much cocaine you shove up your nose and, you know, how how, how troubled you are, etc. Uh, when you get caught in a long lens doing what rock stars do. He, but one of, my, one of my favourite tracks of them is uh, Get Your Hands Off My Woman, Motherfucker. Yeah. Get your hands off my woman, motherfucker. Yeah. You love him, Pete. I didn't know you were <laughs> such a big fan. Darkness. Have you, met, re- have, you, have you interviewed Justin Hawkins? Yeah, that's how I got uh, nearly got in the five. Nice fella? Really, really nice. And we played football. I played. I had a bit of a kick around with him uh, with the football, and he went, "Oh, you should join our five side team." I was like, "Let's do that." Yeah, it didn't happen. It no, didn't no. happen. Did not no. happen. Idle nice talk. Block. I think he made his, he made his name, made his reputation, uh, or, or the first sort of big thing he did was he didn't he create and write the music for like quite a famous IKEA advert. Oh, that rings a bell. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we were going to do emails at some point in the yeah. dis- distant past, and I, I want to talk to you, Peter, and to the listeners at home uh, about an email from Joe Clark. Um, do Ducko. you re- do you remember last week? No, God, no. Okay, Christ. I didn't think you did. I'll remind you. you. Um, I saw an almost fight on the tube. Yes, told you that, didn't I? Yes. Um, well, Joe Clark says the following: Love the show and have listened since episode one. That's what they all say, Joe. But we'll mm. believe you. He said, "If you can cast your mind back to last Thursday, Luke talked uh, about a particularly heated altercation between two commuters on the tube. If I'm not mistaken." This was between Mile End of Stratford and that young man in question was none other than myself. Oh, wow. Is that... Uh... Yeah. As an ambassador to Hartlepool, uh, for Hartlepool to London, possibly mm. the only other apart from Pete, I feel it is my solemn duty to explain the events that took place and defend the already tattered name of our people. It was a particularly balmy evening and, as usual, the central line felt more like a cattle truck than something designed to transport human beings. As such, everyone was in a rush to get on and off as quickly as possible. Now, I know you're thinking that this northeastern town, he didn't respect the rules of the tube, but this is not the case, and I was, as ever, a perfect gentleman. I waited for the passengers to leave, and even allowed the old lady in front of me onto the tube first. It was at this point that a particularly middle-class wankery dad, his words, complete with M&S suit and seven-pound haircut, a bit personal, barged me into the side of the door. That's what happened to you earlier, Pete. Yeah. Um, Coming from a town of nice people... With albeit questionable views, I was not going to take this lying down. I voiced my frustration uttering something along the lines of asshole, which in retrospect may not have been my best move. This immediately prompted the guy to launch into a tirade of expletives and the biggest heel turn since Macho Man turned his back on Hulk Hogan in 1989. <laughs> As Luke mentioned last week, several passengers moved down the train to escape the, to escape the white hot Marks and Spencer's dress, fury of the man, and I was left alone with him, a pilgrim in an unholy land. Not wanting to cause a scene, I did the right thing and got off at the next station, but not before flipping in the Vs and sprinting off. <laughs> of course, now I've been looking over my shoulder ever since, but if you were there, Luke, it would have been nice to have some backup. Anyway, sorry, guys, for the long read. Uh, and a quick public service announcement for everyone out there to never get in the way of a middle-class dad on a hot day and stay safe on the tube, especially if you're a northern oik from Hartlepool. Cheers, Joe Clark. Now, Joe, although that is a fascinating story... That was not me. Uh, I was not on that tube line. I take the Victoria line into the office, not the central line. I've certainly got no business way out east between Mile End and Stratford. No. So not guilty, Your Honour. However, if I was there, I probably would have assessed the situation and then decided whether to back you up or not. Yeah. He thinks tube he, etiquette's important, Pete, isn't he it? He thinks he's on the uh, B-Buster Foggy Furs. What does that mean? It's a place in Hartlepool. Foggy Furs? Foggy Furs. How endearing. I'm not really sure what Foggy Furs is all about. This all is... of our stations are always like 42nd Street, an old nightclub. <laughs> Thrust and Grange, just a part of well, it. And they actually say those? Yeah. Okay. 42nd Street, Carton Bingo. 
Arlo's ones. What, um, Pete, etiquette is it? I know this is quite London-centric, but Joe, who's emailed in, is actually from Hartlepool as well. So it's not just about Londoners. Um, but for those who are visitors to London or maybe aren't that familiar with it, tube etiquette in London is important, isn't it? It's uh, often parodied in comedic um, media, but uh, don't look at anyone, don't talk to anyone. <laughs> I mean more. I mean more of the the idea that there's so many people knocking about that you have to do certain things for it to actually function properly. Yeah. So you can't stand on the left on an escalator because there's so many people. Mm. It just it just it it will block everything behind them. The mm. tube, the, the platforms will get blocked. The tra- yeah, trains will get blocked. But yeah, but also people just get ang- people get angry about that when you're not familiar with where you stand. Because like in you go to Tokyo, people stand on the right hand side, I think, and in Osaka, the you know the the, the second city, effectively. Um, people stand on the left, and it's just and and that's the, that's the stated rule, and it's never explained, and so it's all cultural, isn't it? And I think if we had a little bit more patience, and we weren't pricks, I mean, this weather, all bets are off. People go fucking insane. Yeah, <laughs> Pete, what do you? Okay, let me put you in a snark because you've dodged a bullet there. You've actually you've shirked that point. Mm. So I'm going to make it a little bit clearer for you. Right, you're standing unshirkable. You're standing on the platform. Yeah, waiting to get on a busy train. Yeah, no. In fact, no, you're not. You're on the train, right. a busy train. It's coming to a platform. Right. You're in a bit of a hurry. Yeah. You're about I've to got get... to get to my meetings. Exactly. I've got to buy, buy, sell, sell. Got to get on the shop floor, mate. You've got to get to the police station. <laughs> uh, you are um, mandated to do so every day. You, you, you're about to get off the train and when the doors open. Mm. And before you can get on, uh, sorry, before you can get off, a load of people just try and pile on. What do you do? Uh, I go, sorry, excuse me, excuse me. Can't get off. Well, you're very kind about it. You don't get involved. You no, don't, don't push your way past or anything well, like that. Well, no. You, I mean, you have to push your way past because you wouldn't get out. He, no, I'm, I'm very timid. I'm an absolute puss puss. Do you know what I do? What? Start wailing. Start Ass- throwing elbows. Assess immediately if they're of fighting age. <laughs> if they are, big shoulder in the solar plexus. <laughs> yeah. That's what you get. That's what you get, don't mate. Do, you won't do that again, will you? I'm doing them a favour there because they won't do it again. If you're, if you're making excuses for them, Pete, they're going to keep annoying other people. It's important. We've all got a, we've got a role to play. It is confusing behaviour, isn't it? Just piling on. I don't like it also when people sit in the priority seats that are reserved for elderly people or disabled people. Nah, either. fuck that. If, if there's nobody around, just sit in, sit in them. You, you're you're making more of a blockage just by standing next to them. It depends on the situation, though. Well, it does depend on the situation. Anyway, if you've, if you, black if, and white, is it? Listen, if you've had a fight on any public transport, not just in London, yeah. do what Joe's done there. Uh, run away, but then email us about it. I'm, try- I'm trying to think of the last time. It was probably I was going out with a girl. I was probably about 23, and I was on a night bus back to Deptford, not the nicest place in the world. No. Uh, and her, uh, and my girlfriend at the time's uh, sister was visiting from Jersey, the safest place in the world. Yeah. Daily Mail Island. Quite odd, though. Uh, yeah, strange, very strange. Um and um and I'm eating fried chicken. Um, and there's three naughty boys at the back of the bus. What, you, you what go, do you mean by naughty? Just naughty boys. They're smoking, but you're being naughty. You're being naughty boys. Um, but they're big naughty boys. Probably got weapons on them. <laughs> <laughs> um, those kind of naughty boys. Yeah. And uh, I'm eating the chicken, and one of them goes, "Hey, pussy hole, eat the chicken properly. Put it in your mouth, you fucking gay, whatever." Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Bamba Clark or whatever. Um, and uh, and um, uh, and the Jersey sister goes, um, do you mind? Oh God! And like starts getting involved. I'm like, just ignore them. Uh, and that was the last time I thought I was going to get an absolute piercing. What happened after that? Nothing. Uh, I, I flicked the visa and ran off. No, um, <laughs> no. Luckily we were getting off, but uh, that was 
a close call. But I think when a girl gets involved, it disarms a bully like a man because they don't know what to do, do they? Um, no. <laughs> I, I don't, no, I've seen situations where it just makes it very much worse. I can remember... Any... She ain't going to get filled in, let's make that very clear. Well, that's right. But I, I can remember at uni once that uh, there would be occasional sort of dust-ups in the, in the student union mm. and the security would always just pile in and sort it out. But at one point, I remember quite vividly there were two girls getting having a fight, hair pulling and all sorts, mm. and the security, who were all men, mm. they just didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do. Didn't know what, what, what they could do, what they couldn't do. It was, about, it was really vicious. It went on for ages, like way longer than they should have done. So Yay. you can throw a cat among the pigeons. Now, Pete, I've got an email here about a man who is obsessed with you that I'm going to read out. Okay. But before I do that, I want you to read that one at the bottom about, um, from um, Rob Farquharson. Okay. Is that, Rob Farquhar- is that you pronounce his name? Farquharson? Farquhar- I think I'll just go with Farquharson. Yeah, okay. Uh, who's rocking some rocket alkaline triple A's. Hello, chaps, just listening to episode 71, your discussion about swearing in pop music and the ways people edit it out or otherwise disguise it. And I thought I'd mention one example where they just don't bother because no one noticed it. Having listened to the chorus of the 1990 classic Unbelievable by EMF, the squealing guitar, the insistent keyboard riff and the sample of the man, I believe it's uh, the comedian from the US, uh, the Dice Man, Andrew Dice Clay, shouting, what the fuck? And then what the fuck was that? Clear, obvious, and yet somehow regularly still played almost two decades later, everywhere from daytime radio to montages on The One Show. It's almost three decades later, actually. Yeah, oh God, it's, it's an incredibly old track, that. Yeah, um, yeah was, uh, was this something that we all just agreed not to mention? Did I miss a meeting only to blow the whole thing wide open by mistake many years later, or did people genuinely not notice? If I remember rightly, it was even included on the lyric sheet of the album, uh, the some killer, much filler <laughs> masterpiece that was Schubert Dip. <laughs> I've never heard any other EMF songs like than that, I think. But no. you said you listened back to it and I try listen, and listen. I, listen, I, I saw this email a little while ago and I tried to listen back and I couldn't find... Maybe I was listening to a radio edit and I couldn't find the uh, swearing in it. Because we play it a lot on Absolute Radio 90s, yeah. which is a radio station I'm involved in because it's the 90s. Of course. But, so you were saying you listened to it back and you couldn't actually hear couldn't it. couldn't find the it's a, it's a song that would be a favourite of mine to the point of when I was putting together the mixtape to drive to... Reading Festival 1998, <laughs> it was on there, and I've never. And we must have listened to that tape fifty times. Yeah, and I never, um, never once heard that. Reading 98 was a warm bus journey sorry, from Re- Hartley. Sorry, can I apologies? Sorry, it was V99. V99. Yeah, so it, worth the drive. Reading's not that far from uh, where you live, is it? Compared no. to V, which, which would have been Chelmsford. Chelmsford, yeah. Um, I uh, went down on a bus. Uh, John the Con was the man who ran the other record store, uh, which is like the indie record shop in Hartlepool. Yeah, and he still there. Uh, he, he died quite recently, so I'm not, not sure. It was in the middle of uh, a weird part of town uh, that was neither town nor not town. Right. Um, it was near Millhouse Leisure Centre. Um, uh, fun place, uh, leisure. And he uh, would uh, and he would put on a bus to Reading and Glastonbury stuff like that. And for your ninety-five quid, you get a ticket, the bus and a warm can of lager when you got there, which is very nice. But the only problem is it's a bus to Reading, and it takes about fucking 11 hours. My goodness Hartley me. Pool. How much was it? Say again? How much was it? Well, that, back then it was like 95 quid, I think it was. Including your ticket? Including your ticket, which right, nowadays okay. it would be 250 quid. Yeah. Easily. My first Glastonbury ticket was 70 quid. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Now yeah. it's like, what is it, standard 200. So I think it's more than that, actually. Is it? Yeah, speaking of... Um, Crazy. And, speaking uh, of, um, and, and uh, what I'm saying is, um, on the way down, they played a live James song, a uh, live James DVD, or slash VHS back then, um, that just went round and round and round. I was unfamiliar with James's oeuvre, but the song 
Come Home that has that now, 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 now. It just goes on and on and on. That reminds me of that very sleepy journey. Yeah, it was dreadful. Did you get a return ticket? Got a return ticket, yeah. But you had to leave in the middle of the of the last headliners on the Sunday. Was this V99? No, this is Reading 98. Oh, Reading really 98. Okay, right. That's, that's amazing. That, that, and speaking of uh, poor poor um, decisions in terms of long-term travel, <laughs> um, a mate of mine, good friend of mine, Jimmy, he went to um, a stag weekend in Scotland. Mm. He's living in London at the time, as he still does now. And he is a legendary like penny pincher. He is the man who knows the price of everything, but the value of nothing. Right. Very dear friend to me known him since I was about eight. And even when we were kids and we used to be able to walk to the corner shop on our own, mm. he would have memorized how much everything was from before, decide what he wanted before he left the house and counted out the exact change from his piggy bank to go and buy that. So rather than just taking, say, a pound yeah. and looking at what you wanted, he would always do it that way. So he's always been, he's always been like that. Yeah. So anyway, he's invited to a stag weekend up in Scotland. And, uh, Bearing in mind, it's a stag weekend. So it's going to be pretty heavy going. And mm. he's a big drinker himself. So mm. be two or three nights up yep. in Scotland on the piss, basically. So you want to get the preparation right for that, yeah? Not him. He looks at the trains going up to Edinburgh or whatever. Says, ah, too pricey. I'm getting a mega bus. Right? <laughs> so he gets... So the, 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 um, the stag weekend starts on the Friday. Mm. He gets the mega bus, which leaves Victoria in London, at, I think, um, 9 p.m. Yeah. On the Thursday night. Yeah. And arrives about 8 a.m., on Friday morning. He does that with his mate. I think it cost him three pounds, <laughs> right? But he's got no um, food or drink with him. Right. And there are no scheduled stops other than toilet breaks, right? He said it got so bad that the air conditioning was so um, so fierce yeah. that they were freezing, absolutely freezing because <laughs> it was in the summer. And it got so bad, to cut a long story short, I think about seven or eight hours in the journey having to get, having to get absolutely no sleep at all, yeah. they were taking turns, him and his mate, to go on these like surreptitious sorties to go under the seat in front of them where two girls were sitting to grab like digestives from the bag that they had left open while they were asleep and sharing them around like rations oh to keep themselves God. going. And then they had to go. And then when they got there, they had to get pissed. I mean, life is literally too short, isn't it? Yeah. Really? Like, way too short. It, it's what it's those uh, when you see people exhibiting weird behavior like that, you sort of go, you're going to be in your deathbed. And you're going to be thinking about that. Oh, was mate. it worth it? Was it worth it? Yeah. Nobody ever says, I'm glad I'd saved, you know, 30 quid. But he had to get the Megabus home as well after the stag weekend. <laughs> which is another like... Well, I imagine it was a lot easier to um, sleep. My, my, my biggest thing is that people who love saving money almost exclusively never attribute any value to their own time. <laughs> yes, so like, exactly. That's yeah, taking yeah. you 24 hours out of your life there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you could have done... I don't know, Usually. You, depending on what work you do, you could have earned some money or something. Yeah. You, know, you could do whatever, you know. Anyway, very quickly before we go, because we've run out of time. There's an email here from a guy called Cookie who is obsessed with you, the Pete. Okay. And I want to read it. He says, Hi, Luke and Pete. As everyone seems to say, long-time listener and first-time emailer, the other day I was driving home listening to some absolute radio on my DAB radio when I realized Pete is taking over all of my content. He started with the Ramble, then Wrestle Me, then the Luke and Pete show, and now the radio. Ooh. Since realizing Pete is now a major influence on my life, I decided I, want to learn, I wanted to learn more about the man behind the speaker. This obviously led to me Googling Pete Donaldson. Always fraught with danger, that. Despite the content Pete serves me daily, I still have a long way to go before I follow him, follow him Pete's, uh, Pete's footsteps and become a handsome billionaire. Mm. I want you to discuss the validity of the stats found on the site, vipfaq.com forward slash Pete Donaldson. Yeah, so if you're unfamiliar with this website, basically it's a bot that just finds people who have... Uh, 
who have appeared in articles, uh, people who have got a certain internet presence, and they basically um, make up a lot of shit. Uh, but it's all done procedurally. It's all done uh, with a algorithm rather than anybody actually. So, writing for someone who's toss. really famous, it would be more accurate. Possibly not. I think it's just a, a cheap uh, eye grab, a cheap content grab. Uh, basically, they just put a lot of names into a uh, database and come up with um, random stats and shit like that. All right, well, listen, VIPFAQ.com forward slash Pete Donaldson says the following things about you, Pete. But it's a great ego stroke if you're not very well known. You're like, oh, someone's written something about me. Right, well, you can mm. confirm with nine of this stuff. Okay. It estimates your net worth at $1.3 billion. Yeah, that's about... I mean... <laughs> If I the, the acts that I am planning to perpetrate would do that amount of damage, yes. I think that got confused with your barber at the Groucho. <laughs> uh, is Pete Donaldson hot? Seventy-seven percent of people think he's hot. I mean, that's not something I've experienced personally, but maybe they're uh, only asking the people of Micronesia. <laughs> Are there any photos of Pete Donaldson's hairstyle or topless? Unfortunately, <laughs> that information was unavailable. Most of them, I'm topless or. I've got my hair out. Next question. Does Pete do drugs? 64% of voters think Pete does drugs regularly. Oh. 27% assume Pete does drugs recreationally. And a measly 9% think Pete has never done drugs. Well. Sexual direction. 54% think Pete is gay. <laughs> 31% think Pete is bisexual. And 15% think he is straight. How does that... Hang on. How is that... Hang on, 54, 31, 15. Does that add up? I don't um, think it does, does it? Yeah, it does. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and finally... And um, 100% people think uh, I can't do maths. Yeah. yeah. And finally, Cookie says that you should uh, hashtag free the nip to satisfy mm. the demanding public who want a topless photo because at the moment on VIPFAQ.com, there is no topless photo available of you, Peter. Maybe I should get in touch. I mean, you've got a folder, I've got loads on, your, on, my phone, got a yeah. folder on your phone just of uh, me. It's called Pete, yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. Well, you, got, listen, you got a new one when I got nude last week. Last week, you got, to, you got to totally got, naked. totally so. naked and you got a cheeky, a cheeky snap, a cheeky... Up- I think the upskirting law is very much aimed at you, Luke Moore. Hang on a minute. If you, if, minute. If you purposely take oh, all of your clothes gonna, off... If you're going to dress like that, <laughs> oh, fuck God. you, Luke Moore, you we disgusting go. pig. <laughs> Asking Listen, for a photograph. If you want to email and call me a disgusting pig as well, hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. Uh, we're out of here because we're out of time. There's loads to do. We've got to get out. So say goodbye, Peter. Bye-bye. Uh, we'll see you next week. It's goodbye from me too.